You go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I believe God does have a word for you today. and so I pray that your eyes and ears are open. It's a funny statement that Jesus would say a lot of times. May, your, may you have ears to hear and eyes to see. That means you've got the capacity, but you're not receiving. You've got the ability within you, but there's still something that's hindering. May we have eyes to see today and ears to hear from the word of God because if we can get it in our mind if we can change our minds we can change our life right amen if we renew our minds to the word of God we can renew our lives Romans chapter 4 verse 17 verse 17 as it is written I have made you a father of many nations everyone say I have I have that's past tense I have made you for it is written as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist do not exist as though they did who contrary to hope in hope believe that's probably one of my favorite statements in all the Bible against hope in hope Against all hope, but he still hoped. Even when it didn't look like it on the outside, he still was convinced on the inside. That's, a, that's an amazing position. That's an amazing posture to set yourselves in. Amen? Who, contrary to hope, in hope, believed that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. According to what was spoken, not what was delivered. According to what was Spoken. This will make more sense as we go on. I'm just trying to highlight a few things for you. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised He was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. We're talking about Abraham here. Talking about Abraham. In Romans chapter 4, I don't know if any of you watch sports. Uh, I don't know how many of you watched sports yesterday, and I don't care if you're a Georgia fan. Not one of you suffered uh, a, a loss as bad as my team last night. So if I'm here in church and, and, and can wake up the next morning after the Mets did what they did last night, you can sure enough come in here even though the Gators put the smack down on your Bulldogs last night. And I'm not a Bulldog fan. I'm not a Gator fan. But you're here. You're here. You woke up. You got up today. You said, I don't care what yesterday did. I don't care how bad my heart's got broken. I'm going to church. Amen, Chuck? We came to church today. We came to church today. He's my lone Mets fan. Come on now. We're going to talk about killing a blessing. We're talking about Abraham today. Now, Romans chapter 4, I was getting to sports because I was going to say this. You've got the play-by-play happening during the game. But I love watching the uh, 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 commentaries after the game. That's probably one of my favorite things. As soon as the game's over, flip over to ESPN and just watch people that didn't play in the game talk about the game. They had nothing to do with the game, but they get to critique and knock down people and 
uplift people and you quickly find out who they're biased for, uh, even though they're not supposed to be biased. You find out, you know, who they were really rooting for. It always comes out. And I, I love watching the commentaries. I love watching the interviews with the players uh, and, and, and with the coaches after the game. I love watching that stuff. And so Romans chapter 4 to me is kind of like, here's what was going on. Wow. Because we, we could go all the way to Genesis, and I'm not going to do that. But Genesis chapter 15 and 16 and 17, they highlight what we're reading about here. And so Romans chapter 4 and Hebrews chapter 11, which we're going to get to in a minute, highlight what was going on with Abraham during this time. And it shows us. We know the faith that Abraham had to believe uh, for Isaac, the, the, the faith that he had when he was 75 years old. God comes to him and says, hey, you're going to be father of many nations. And Abraham's thinking, dude, you got the wrong guy. Not only can I not have children, I'm beyond the age of having children. Uh, you, you have blown it. You've missed it, God. You don't know what you're talking about. But we know that Abraham, as we see here, in hope against hope, in hope against hope, received the promise of his son Isaac, received Isaac who would uh, help Abraham become Father Abraham. Come on, Father Abraham had many sons. Y'all know the song, many sons. He became Father Abraham, but it had to start with one. How many times does God in your life show you a big vision, but he starts with little? You're the father of many nations. Here's one son. One son. That's all God needs is one. Let's just start right there. So God loves to bless people. Would y'all believe that? God loves to bless people. Blessing comes in the form of giving. Blessing comes in the form of giving. That's what we've always been taught. That's what we've always heard. But could there be a blessing in taking? Could there be a blessing instead of adding, we minus? I want to talk about killing Blessing, because we love to talk about Abraham's faith for, for Isaac, and, 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 and you know, uh, we all know God changed his name from Abram to Abraham, and so now everybody's calling him something. The first thing I want to show you uh, is, is that God uh, blessed Abraham, watch this, before Abraham had a son. Throw 17 back up there. We always thought Abraham became a father when Isaac was born. Uh, uh, naturally speaking, we would all agree to that. When, you ha- when, the, when the child is born, or, you know, we may even say when you're conceived. I know I got to celebrate Father's Day, and Camden was still inside uh, my wife. I still got to celebrate Father's Day that, day, that, that year. Why? Because she was pregnant with my son. And even though he wasn't out, and even though we didn't have a name yet, and even though, uh, you know, we couldn't count fingers and toes, he was in there. So I celebrated Father's Day. I don't know how many of you did that, but I went ahead and enjoyed it. Uh, and it says here, as it is written... As it is written, I have made, I have made, past tense, have made you a father of many nations. He doesn't even say a father of Isaac. He says father, because inside Isaac, the seed was the nations. Inside the little seed was the big forest that God was uh, getting ready to bring through Abraham. In the presence of him whom he believed, who gives life to dead and calls, everyone say calls calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, throw verse 18, who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. Not according to what was delivered. Abraham became a father of many nations 
the moment God said, you're a father of many nations. See, you don't need a blessing. You need God's word. See, you've been thinking you needed the blessing. You've been thinking you needed the car. You've been thinking you needed the home. You think, you've been thinking you needed the job. You think you've been needing the level of finance. Uh, you, you, you think you've been needing the answers to the problems, solutions to the issues that are going. And, and, and you're saying, God, I'm not blessed until I have it. But the second he spoke blessing over your life is the second you became blessed. God doesn't need ta- tangible, natural blessing in your hand to look at you and say, you're blessed. It's what was spoken. It's what was spoken, verse 18 says. According to what was spoken. For 25 years, Father was, uh, Abraham was a father of many nations, and Isaac's not even in existence yet, not even conceived yet. But God is bringing to life dead things. God is bringing to life dead things. Those things... Who called? Who called? Go back to verse 17. We're going to bounce around a little bit because you've got to see this. God who gives life to dead and calls. I I, I got you to get, before I can move uh, to to the next point, I've I've got to have you see the fact that it's what God says that brings blessing, not just what God does. Too many times we label blessing as when we have it. And you've got to see yourself blessed before you've ever got it. You've got to see blessing before you see it. You've got to see blessing before you see something. There you go. You can tweet that one. It's coming out eventually. You can see blessing before you see something. God doesn't wait until it's in natural form to say, now you're blessed. Now you're a father. Now you've got a job. Now you've got influence. Now you've got a car. Now you've got the home. No, he saw it when he spoke it. The thing with us is we've got to see it when God speaks it. If you're waiting to see it when you see it, then you'll never see it. That faith is only in what does not exist. If it currently exists, it's not faith. Faith is always ahead. Faith is always looking out before you actually see it. So Abraham didn't need a son. He needed God's word about a son. Because even if you have the blessing outside of God's word, it's not a blessing. You need God's word. And the second you receive God's word, you've got to see yourself as having the thing there. And I want to show you the danger. I want to show you the danger of waiting to be blessed when you have the blessing. That's what I want to highlight today. Uh, I, I come from a background that, that ministered on blessing and prosperity and, and having more than enough. I mean, we love those verses exceedingly, abundantly, of all we can ask or think. You know, we, 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 we preach those things, man, forwards, backwards, upside down. We did the whole thing, man. Every Sunday we're hearing something about blessing and, and prosperity. But, but there was a danger in that. There was a danger in that. Go over to Hebrews chapter 11. You don't need a blessing. You need God's word. 
You don't need a blessing. You need God's word. In Hebrews chapter 11, it, we, we, we've preached on it. We've talked about it, but not as much as we like talking about the 25 years uh, that, that Abraham believed God for Isaac. And, and, and me, right along with most Christians, believe that Abraham was blessed when Isaac was born. But I want to show you that God can do it without the thing. Talking about killing, blessing. Look at Ephesians, or I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 17. By faith, Abraham. <laughs> we all know the story. Abraham wasn't done when Isaac was born. <laughs> I, I'm sure he thought he wished he was. I mean, look, man, I, I, I left my hometown. I left my home. I left my family. I left everything to come out here, and, and now I'm a foreigner. I'm living in tents. God, I've stepped out. You said go, and I went. And I didn't even know where I was going, but you were directing me the whole time. Then you tell me I'm going to be a father of many nations, and I can't even have kids. I'm beyond the age to have kids. And then you give me, Isaac, God, you've you've done some amazing things. You've got to be done now. But he's not. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up. Everyone say offered up. Offered up. Isaac, the one that was given to him, God is asking for it in return. Offered up, and he who had received the promises, the blessing, the natural, tangible evidence that I am blessed. For 25 years I was blessed, and I didn't have a son, but you were calling me Abraham anyways calling me a father of many nations, and I didn't even have a child. And now I have the child. Now I've received the promises, and now I've offered up his only begotten son. Verse 18, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called. In Isaac is the seed. So here's what we think. Without Isaac, Abraham's no longer a father of many nations. We've got to have Isaac. We gotta have without Isaac, you're no longer a father, and, and much less a father of many nations. We gotta start. So we gotta start with Isaac, of whom it was said, "In Isaac, your seed shall be called." Verse 19, concluding that God was able to raise him up. This is the conclusion that Abraham comes to. We're talking about when Abraham was tested, and God speaks to Abraham and says, "Hey, remember that blessing I gave you? I want you to come and, and sacrifice him to me." Now, that's not just a, this is a, a difficult thing on multiple levels for Abraham. It's not just difficult because it's his son. That would be hard enough. That would be hard enough. God, you're asking me for my son. This is my blood. On top of that, it's my only son. I don't even have another one. I don't have a backup here. This, this is it. This, this is the one. We waited 100 years to receive this one, and you're going to take this one. Away. This is the conversation going on in Abraham's mind. On top of that, God spoke to Abraham and said, you're going to be a father of many nations. So if you take my son, you become a liar. How are you going to produce the promise without the blessing? 
How are you going to produce what you spoke about me before I had the blessing when you're asking for the blessing back? In essence, God is asking Abraham to kill the blessing. Kill the blessing. He's asking him to kill the blessing. There's some things we've got to see here. First off, this verse tells us that Abraham offered up Isaac. And I want to clarify something to make sure we're all on the same page. God never takes. You always have the responsibility to offer something up. Can't show me anywhere in this passage where God took Isaac from Abraham. Abraham had all the power in the world to say, no, God, I'm not doing that. I don't like that plan. I don't like this little game you're playing. You, you, you give me the one son that I've been believing for for a hundred years. You promised me I'm going to be a father of many nations. And now you're asking for the blessing that's going to produce the promise. And, and, and no, I'm not. He had every opportunity to do that. Now, most everybody in this room, you don't even have to raise your hand because I know every hand would go up. Most everybody in this room has had something taken away from you. Somebody took your job. Somebody took your home. Somebody took your friends. Somebody took your finances. And the Bible lays that out very clear. John 10, 10 is very clear. Jesus said, I've come. I've come to give. Everyone say give. Give life and life more abundantly. But the thief comes. The thief. What does a thief do? A thief takes. God is not a thief. God doesn't take stuff away. There's only one in this world that's come to take something away, and that is the devil himself. To steal, taking, kill, taking, and to destroy. There's only one. So I want us to understand that when we're talking about killing blessing, that if you've had something taken away, that was not an act of God. Don't say God took or God needed. God may need, but he only needs you to offer it up. God doesn't take. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. It's in the Bible. I know it's in the Bible. There's a lot of stuff in the Bible that's not true. That's not truth in the sense that the one speaking it didn't speak truth. I mean, if that were the case, then uh, uh, the Bible tells us that the demons know the word probably better than some of us. And if they speak it, they can make it work? I don't think so. We're talking about a man, Job, that did he have stuff taken away? He had some stuff taken away. But if it doesn't line up with the rest of the word, then it's not the word of God. Because you can't show me in the Bible where the Lord takes. He's always asking. The question is, are you willing to give? The question. So we've got to clarify that. Because when we're talking about killing blessing, uh, we're, we're talking about your responsibility to offer something up or to lay something down. God will never... God took my job. He must, have had a, he must have needed me to have another one. No, the devil took your job. He's a thief. He's come to kill and steal and destroy. Not just one of three, all of them. 
He's come to kill and steal and destroy. He wants your life to be meaningless and hopeless, and he wants to take anything away that would be contrary to that. He's a taker. But God doesn't take. God always asks. Which means you and I have the responsibility to offer up. So now Abraham is in a dilemma. He's, he's, he's being asked for the very blessing that is necessary to make the promise be fulfilled. But you've got to remember that God blessed Abraham before the blessing showed up. That means that God can do it without the blessing. And Abraham, this verse tells us, this is kind of the the inside Abraham's mind now. We're getting to have a conversation with Abraham. So what were you thinking when you were climbing that mountain? Well, you know, I'll just tell you what, you know, I had to have some faith. I had to believe in God. But I honestly just believe that if, if God was going to ask me for my son, he, was, he had the ability to raise him up. And, and, and no one's ever been raised to life at this point. God, uh, Abraham is having faith in God to do something he's never done. Never, he's never raised anybody back to life up to this point. But this verse tells us that Abraham believed that if you want this from me, then you have the ability to raise him back up. And this is important. This is important. And this is why the, the blessing and the prosperity message became damaging. And this is why. If the blessing becomes the source, you're putting your trust in the wrong thing. And what has happened is, is, is God has blessed us with things, and then the only way we see God's word being able to be performed in our life is if we have the blessing. And you have put your trust in the resource rather than the source. And the resource is never designed to be the source. God is the source. God is the source. And so what does Abraham do? Abraham keeps his trust in the source. He, go, he quickly goes back to God and says, well, God, if you're asking for the resource, then you're the source. So since you're the source, then you can bring another resource to make the promise come to pass. Because we, we know the verses, he who promised is faithful to perform. You've got to keep your faith and your trust in the source, not the resource. What I want to identify today is that the blessing was never designed to get your eyes off of God. And Abraham never took his eyes off of God. It's hard to give up something that you believe God has blessed you with. It's hard to offer that up. Now again, I'm not talking about what the devil has stolen. You didn't offer that up. He came and he took it. He came and took it. I mean, I, I, I'll never forget, you know, when, when my wife and I, uh, you know, we carried our daughter for, she carried our daughter for 24 weeks. And and you've got people coming to the hospital. I mean, they don't really know what to say. They don't really know 
what to do. They, they don't know what you're feeling, what you're going through. And, and, and so we, we, we say things, you know, you know, God must have needed your child. And, you know, God, God, God had, a, had a plan in heaven for your child. God has plans on earth for children. And I remember, you know, you, you hear this over and over, and, and, and we had a, uh, one of her old ministers came and visited us, and, you know, he's, you know, if you ever feel like you're praying and, and, and you know, God, you, God's not hearing you, if you feel like there's a wall, you know, you, you just know. I, I said, I always know that God hears me when I pray. The Bible's very clear. He hears me when I pray. My prayers are powerful and effective. That doesn't mean I know all the answers. That doesn't mean I know why. But I know who. I know who took my child. And yeah, she's in heaven today. And we'll meet her, and Camden will meet her, and we'll just have a good old time. But as of right now, I, I don't have the answers, but I do know this. God didn't take her. God didn't need her in heaven. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The devil did it. Period. But now there are things in my life that God has asked me to give up. And he's not taking those things. If I choose, I can keep it. But that means I have my eye on the resource rather than the source. God has asked me to give up finance that I was blessed with, (laughs) that I needed. I needed that money. God, you you, you don't understand. I I, I remember I was listening to a minister just recently out of Texas, and and, 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 and he was traveling and, and ministering. He was a pastor, but he was also traveling in ministry and and, you know, getting started in ministry financially, you, you don't go into ministry for the money. I can tell you that right now. You don't. That, that's not why. And, and so he's going out and, and, and ministering and, um, uh, you know, not, not really knowing what to expect, you know, from this one church. And they gave a, a, an enormous, I mean, it was, an, it was enough money to cover the entire month income that he would have gotten from maybe four or six churches ministering in a month. And it was the entire month's income. And he's thinking, man, God, you are awesome. This is such a blessing. He's holding the check in his hand. And then God says, see that? There was a, minister, there was a missionary ministering at that church that morning, kind of giving his testimony and stuff. And, and uh, God says, see that missionary? I want you to give that check to the missionary. And... He quickly replies, get thee behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. You are a stumbling block. Cast you out, you foul spirit. And God said, no, I want you to give that check to that missionary. Well, thank God he did it. He did it. And he went up to the missionary and he said, hey, I just, God told me that I needed to bless you with this. And he said, you know, the missionary went to take the check, and he kind of like <laughs> tug of war with it a little bit. All right, man. God asked him. He didn't have to give that check. He could have kept it. Could have kept it. 
And, and, and so uh, he, he goes to lunch with the pastor and, and, you know, a few other people from the church. And the guy sitting right across from him, at the, and they, 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 they didn't set this up. It was the guy he had only met one other time, he said. And the guy right across, leans across the table and says, how much was the offer? And he's like, what? Serious? What you he said, how much was the offering? And he told him the amount. He said, where's the check? And he said, uh, my wife has it. <laughs> so my wife has it. And uh, the guy was like, go get it. Go bring it here. And the minister was like, okay. So he gets up and he goes down to his, goes down to his wife and says, hey, how's your food? Good? Okay. And he goes back to his seat. He doesn't even mention anything. He's like, what am I going to do now? And he sits down and he says, hey, I, I got to be honest with you. I, I, I sewed that check into that ministry, that missionary that was here. He said, that's what I thought. And he pulled out a check that was already pre-written. That was literally, to the penny, ten times as much as the check that was given. Now, you can call it fake. You can call it whatever you want. You don't have to believe it. But God will always ask you to give up what you deem as blessing. Why? The test came, the test came to Abraham. Not to test Abraham, but to test his trust. It's a test. The Bible clearly tells us it's a test. Does God test you? Yeah, God will test you. But God doesn't take so you can not have and someone else can have. God is wanting to see, are you trusting in me or are you trusting in the dollar? Are you trusting in the car? Are you trusting in the house? Are you trusting in the job? I know that there was a time in my life that I was believing God for a job. I was tired of working, you know, these odd end jobs that weren't getting me anywhere and not paying anything. And then God blesses me with the job. And then six months in, I'm having to check myself and say, whoa, 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 am I trusting in the job or am I trusting in the one who got me the job am I trusting in the resource or am I trusting in the source God is not a resource he is the source Colossians chapter 1 Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 for through him God created everything everything God created in the heavenly realms and on earth He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him, and watch this, and for him. So here's the question. Is it your resource or is it really God's resource that he's put in your possession to meet a need? See, God wasn't just trying to meet Abraham's need. He was trying to meet the world's need. God needed a nation of people that would follow after him. And he said, Abraham, I'm going to use you. And I'm going to put something in your hand that's going to bring it forth. But you can't trust in the thing that I'm putting in your hand. You've got to trust me. I am the source. I'm the source. I'm the one that brings it. And everything I'm putting in your hand isn't for you. It's for me. You may have heard it before. He will get it to you if he knows he can get it through you. The question is, is are we being blessed or are we being blessed to be a blessing? Yeah, we, we, we said that one probably all every service, man. Blessed to be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing, blessed to be. But did we end up putting more trust in the blessing rather than the blesser? The question today is, who's the source? Who's the source? 
I mean, God has blessed you with great things. Families. Finances. But I'll tell you right now, you are always at risk of losing everything you have when you think you own everything you have. And we are not owners. We are managers. There's a principle of stewardship that comes into play. And the stewardship is, what will you do with what's in your hand? Stewardship says, I don't own it, but I'll use it. I'll manage it. When the master returned from giving the three servants uh, the talents, one, five, one, three, and one, one, he didn't say, how much did you get? He said, how much did... I get. What are you returning back to me? (laughs) I don't know about you, but if I had five and I got five more and I'm the one that worked for the five and I'm the one that got the extra and I'm the one that got the increase and I'm the one that made this thing profitable, there's a part of me that says, boy, uh, this is, I worked, come on, man. I worked for this. I made this show up. I'm the one that was putting my hand. How many of you have ever said that? I worked hard for this money. I worked hard. I put in my 40 hours. I put in my 60 hours. I put in time for that. I worked. And then God says, all right, what did I get? What you got for me? What you got for me? We're managers. We're not owners. And see... Isaac was placed in Abraham's possession to manage, not own. That's my son. That's my daughter. No, they ain't. They're a child of God. They've been placed in your care, and they've been placed in your hands to raise them up according to God's word. But God has a purpose. That's what we say here at Naked Preachers. Don't tell your kids uh, 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 you can be anything you want. You can do anything. No, they can only be and they can only do effectively what God has planned for them to do. And plan for them to be. That's the only purpose that matters. Not their own purpose. Not your purpose. I got plans and purposes for my son. I'm going to live my life vicariously through him. He's going to be pitching off a major league now one day. I tried to make him left-handed and he couldn't come out left-handed. We're both left-handed. Canceled him out. Now he's right-handed. That's all right. We can still... And he, he may just be too small to do that. He might have to play second base or something. Come on, man. Just give me free tickets to a game, please. Come on, man. People ask me, they say, oh, man, I bet you want your son to be in ministry. I said, no. And I said, not unless he's anointed to. I wouldn't want any, I wouldn't wish this on... My worst enemy, if God hasn't anointed you to be in this position. (laughs) Only if God's called him to be. But God's got a great purpose and a plan. And we're just managers. We create the environment. We create the atmosphere. But at the end of the day, he's going to do whatever God has planned for him to do. Even if that means giving him up. It's the hardest thing. It's easy to give things up that you don't want. Right? Easy. I remember when I was in Bible school, there was, there was a, 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 one of the instructors that had gone into ministry, but he said, man, you know, 15 years ago when God called me here, I was one of the top executives at UPS. 
and God blessed me with the job. God got me that job. God gave me favor to climb the ladder, making, uh, you know, over $200,000 a year, being able to travel all around the world, going to all these different places. God got me this job. And then he said, no, I want you to go into ministry. And he said, you've got to be kidding me. This is the blessing you gave me. This is the position you gave me. This is the influence you gave me. And he had to answer the call. He had to give up the blessing. The question today is, are you willing to kill the blessing in your life when he asked for it? Killing blessing. We all have got stuff that we want to kill that we don't like. We've all got stuff in our lives that we want to kill that we're, we're tired of. We're tired of that addiction. We're tired of that lifestyle. We're tired of talking like that. We're tired of acting that way. We're tired of losing our temper. We're tired of doing all these things. But, but what about the things that you want to keep? And then God asked for that. What about the blessing? And have we put our trust in the blessing rather than the one who blesses? Because in essence, what Abraham says is, God, you gave me this. If you're asking for it back, then you have another way to make your promise be fulfilled. And that's just what you have to settle on the inside. God, if this is what you're asking for, then you've got another way. You've got another way. He'll never take it. He doesn't snatch things out of your hand. We've all lost things. We've all uh, uh, had to give things up that we didn't want to give up. We've all had to lay down things that we know, God, God, why, why am I going through this? Why am I enduring this pain? Why am I enduring this trial and this test? And that's not what I'm talking about. That's another message. That's another message. I'm talking about laying the things down on the altar that God is asking for. And are you willing to give it up? Or have we developed so much trust in that thing that the question is, is can you see the vision still come to pass in your life without that? And if you can't, then we've gotten our eyes off of the source and we've put our eyes on the resource. So I just want to challenge you today. Chase, if you come up, I just want to challenge you today. The blessings in our lives. The blessings. I'm talking about the things that are productive, the things that are fruitful, the, 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 the things that we're excited about, the things that are, 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 are producing things in our lives that, that are, are helping us do. I mean, Isaac was the source to bring the seed into the earth so that Abraham could be a father of many nations. But Isaac only got there because God placed him Don't forget where your blessing came from. Don't forget where your blessing came from. God got you the job. And yeah, you've been faithful. Yeah, you've been dedicated. I show up on time. I stay late. I do whatever they tell me to do. I go above and beyond. But the only reason I have this job is because of God. I don't have this job now because look what I do. what I did. See, Abraham, they've already raised Isaac, man. They've already, they've already been, be, be, began investing in him, saying, I mean, 
we've been we've been investing in this child. I mean, this is our child. We've we've been pouring into his life. We've been teaching him God's word. We've been teaching him who God is and how to serve God and, and, and live your life for God and do what God tells you to do. And, and, and God, you can't take away what's mine. He's saying, I'm not taking what's yours. I'm taking what belongs to me. It belongs to me. Belongs to me. And the exciting thing about it, the exciting thing about it is that God isn't changing his mind. He's just changing his plan. God still wanted Abraham to be the father of many nations. He was just changing how it takes place. He was testing the one who promise was going to be brought through. He was testing. God still has the same vision and the same purpose for your life that he had from the beginning. He's always had that purpose and he always will. But sometimes we get locked up in how God is going to accomplish that purpose in our lives and then we see the things that God has blessed us with to accomplish that purpose. God's asking for it back and he's not changing the purpose. He's just changing the purpose. The Bible says, Many plans in a, there's many plans in a man's heart, but it's God's purpose that prevails. It's God's purpose. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to challenge you today. I just want to challenge you today. That in those seasons, in those seasons where it seems like even the very things that are a blessing to me, God's asking me. I want to challenge you to have the faith to step out. I want to challenge you to have the faith to remain faithful to God's purpose, even when the plan changes. Father, we thank you today. We thank you today that you are the one that blesses us. You are the one that gives to us. You give to us more than we could ever ask for. You give to us more than we could ever desire. You give to us even when uh, uh, we uh, 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 don't even see it. But Father, in the moments, in the moments where the blessing needs to be offered, Father, we ask that you strengthen us. We ask that we have our faith strengthened to believe in you, to trust the source, not the resource. There's no level of resource that will ever replace you. There's no level of blessing that you can place in our hands that will ever replace your role in our lives. May we never forget that you are the one that gives to us. You are the one that blesses us. You are the one that sustains us for your glory. Everything that we see and even the things that we cannot see are here for your glory, for your purpose. And help us see that. Father, we want to be better managers, better stewards over that which you have placed in our hands so that you can receive all the glory, you can receive all the praise. Father, we honor you and we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.